Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Here is something that most of us who drive cars probably rarely think about or may not even know about, and it's the fact that when we buy gasoline, we are at the same time buying a piece of highway construction or a highway repair because there is a tax, a federal tax on gasoline, and it's from that tax that the federal government draws the majority of the funds it uses when it sets out on its mission of repairing our roads and keeping our highways and bridges in tip-top shape, at least in theory. I say in theory because we all know, if we've been on the roads lately, that they are not in very good condition, that they are full of potholes. And when I point out that this tax has not been raised in 20 years, it seems the question becomes, well, is it time to raise it? Or is there some better way to restore to our roads the smooth driving experience that many of us consider almost part of the American dream? Well, that sounds like the makings of a debate, so let's have it. Yes or no to this motion. Raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. A debate from Intelligence Squared U.S. I'm John Donvan. We are at the Kaufman Music Center in New York City. As always, our debate goes in three rounds, and then our live audience here in New York votes to choose the winner, and only one side wins. Let's please welcome the team arguing for the motion. Let's welcome Shailen Batt. Shailen, you are uh, the executive director of the Colorado Department of Transportation. Prior to this, you worked in uh, Delaware's Department of Transportation. You served also at the Federal Highway Administration. Before you went out to Colorado, um, the American Society of Civil Engineers Infrastructure Report Guard, they gave Colorado's bridges a C-minus grade. Uh, we're just curious, what, what does a bridge look like that is an A? What's an A bridge? Uh, an A bridge is one that has a solid foundation, nice shoulders, preferably a Libra, and enjoys long walks on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Shailen Bat. And Shailen, can you tell us who your partner is? Yes, this is uh, a great partner in transportation for us, Allison Black. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Black. Allison, you're also an expert uh, coming from a different direction. You are Senior Vice President and Chief Economist of the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. You have been working on uh, bridges and roads for 15 years, and you have led, uh, I have here, more than 75 studies on transportation funding. So when you're out on the road, out on a road trip with your family, does that feel like a vacation, or does it just feel like more work going on? Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm probably one of the few people that actually gets excited when we come up to a construction work zone, um, but I, I don't know that my husband and uh, my four kids would agree with that. So, <laughs> Well, we'll have to see what they say after they hear the debate itself. Ladies and gentlemen, the team arguing for the motion. And that motion, again, is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. We have two debaters arguing against it. Please, let's welcome Adrian Moore. Adrian, you are Vice President of Policy at the Reason Foundation. Uh, you've served on Congress's National Surface Transportation Infrastructure Financing Commission. 
Uh, you've also worked in California's Public Infrastructure Advisory Commission. You were the commissioner. Um, a long-term resident of California, more than 50 years, but not long ago, you moved to Florida. And we're just curious, how does the infrastructure in Florida differ from California's? Well, let's just say I can drink out of my travel cup without going to the dry cleaner afterwards. They're going to be glad to hear that in Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Adrian Moore. And Adrian Moore, your partner is? My, uh, not my cousin, but still awesome, Steve Moore. Stephen Moore, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen, you are also arguing against the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. You are a Fox News contributor. You are the Distinguished Visiting Fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Project for Economic Growth. Now, you have said that both parties um, have an appetite for spending when it comes to infrastructure, but is one party worse than the other, asked the naive moderator to the Fox <laughs> News contributor. <laughs> Well, that's a good question. Right now, I'd probably say no. I mean, you probably have all heard that there's a big budget deal that um, just massively increases spending. Um, some of you may be surprised that Republicans would agree to this. They're supposed to be the fiscally conservative party. But I've always said the reason I know Republicans are the pro-life party is they always find themselves in the fetal position. <laughs> and that's true on, and now more than ever before. Ladies and gentlemen, St <laughs> Stephen Moore with the surprise answer. Again, our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. We are moving into round one. Opening statements by each debater in turn, making his way now to the lectern to argue in support of this motion. Shailen Bott, he is the executive director for the Colorado Department of Transportation. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Shailen Bott. So thank you very much. I appreciate all of you being here, and I want to thank the organizers uh, for having this debate. Uh, now, in full disclosure, I want to admit that I prefer to pay less for gas. All right? I recognize that this, this initiative, while important, is not necessarily very popular. And I go back to 1992 when I needed a date for prom. Right? Very important to me, not very popular. I hope I have more success here tonight. <laughs> So what else happened in 1992, right? It was the last time that the federal gas tax had been raised. Now, if the gas tax had been indexed back in 1992 to inflation, just like many other things are, right, it would be about 10 cents higher today. But because of political inability to, to take a tough vote on this issue, right, the gas tax has remained where it has been. So a dollar today from 1992 is worth about 40 cents. And government skeptics say things like, you know, why can't you do more with less? Why can't you be more efficient? I would argue we are doing more with less. We're doing a lot more with less. You know, we have changed, uh, we have shrunk our agencies. We have changed the techniques and technologies we use to extend the life of our roads. Uh, we repair bridges now in a weekend instead of taking months uh, to do that. But it's not just about maintaining our system. You know, Colorado is going through an economic boom right now thanks to Governor Hickenlooper. But our interstate system is causing us to choke on that growth. So the interstate system was designed in the 1960s in Colorado for a population of the 1980s that they thought would be about 3.3 million. We're at 5.5 million people today. We're going to 8 million people in the next 20 years. Where are all those cars and drivers going to go? Now, we have one project that's ready to go, just like there are projects across the country that could go, but for a lack of funding. And that project is to widen I-25. At current funding levels, we'll get to that project in 2070. That means an entire generation of people will be born and likely die before we widen that roadway, right? That's not a good way uh, to run a system. 
And it's not just about roadways. So here on the north, in the northeast, where I used to work, I worked on the Northeast Corridor Commission. This is the, the trains that run from Washington, D.C. to Boston. And to call that system antiquated would be polite, right? There's a tunnel in Baltimore that was built in the 1870s. Trains have to go through it at 30 miles an hour. We desperately need a new tunnel underneath the Hudson to relieve train congestion here in New York. And people say, well, let the states pay for it. It's $10 billion. New Jersey says, we can't afford it. Let New York pay for it. New York says, we can't afford $10 billion. That's why you need a properly funded federal system. You know, transportation used to be a bipartisan rallying cry. Ronald Reagan, the patron saint of the Republican Party, raised the gas tax, right? And he said in 1982... We simply cannot allow this magnificent system to deteriorate beyond repair. The bridges and highways we fail to repair today will have to be rebuilt tomorrow at many times the cost. But I would close with the words of Adrian Moore, who is across the stage tonight, who after participating in that commission, which recommended a 10-state gas tax increase in 2009, said, I'm not excited about a gas tax increase, but the reality is our current gas tax doesn't pay for the upkeep of the system. We can either let the roads go to hell or we can pay more in gas tax. So join me, join Allison, and join Adrian. Thank you. Thank you, Salem Buck. And our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And here to make his opening statement against the motion, I want to welcome to the lectern Stephen Moore, distinguished visiting fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Project for Economic Growth and Fox News contributor, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Moore. Well, uh, thanks a lot. I didn't know it was three against one. <laughs> but it's, it's great to be here. Um, yeah. um, look, I am, uh, I'm pro-roads. I'm pro-bridges. I'm pro-highways. I'm pro-cars. Uh, and I'm pro-growth. So I don't think there's any of us who would disagree. We do need a renovation and modernization of our transportation system in this country. There's no question about it. I think we would all agree with that. Um, the question is really how best do we fund that? Um, and I would make the argument that instead of raising the gas, federal gasoline tax, we should, we should reduce the federal gasoline tax. And look, there's, you're exactly right. There's 42,000 miles of interstate highways in this country. It is one of the great triumphs uh, of our country. But you know what? The interstate highway system was completed many, many, many years ago. It was completed in the mid-1980s. Uh, now it's basically a system that just needs to be uh, kept up. So what I had to do is devote about five cents of federal gasoline tax to modernizing um, our, our interstate highway system. And the rest of the money, uh, the, reduce the uh, federal gasoline tax and let every state raise its gas tax as is appropriate. So in Colorado, you could raise your gas tax to pay for your roads. In Illinois, my home state, we, we pay for the projects that we want to. The gas tax is an efficient tax, but it's not a very good user fee system if I have to pay a gas tax living in Virginia to pay for roads and transit projects and, and other uh, things in California. It doesn't make sense. The people in California should pay for those. The most important problem we need to redress right now is that when you pay your federal gasoline tax, many of you are probably not aware of this, but only about 75 cents of every dollar you pay in federal gasoline taxes goes to paying for roads and bridges and highways. Wow, that's a sm what happens to the other 25 cents, right? A big percentage of that goes to transit projects. Now, look, you have transit. New York City is one of the few places in America where actually transit probably does make sense. But most, most other cities' transit is extraordinarily inefficient. More people in this country walk to work than use transit. So it's not a very good system. There's certainly no reason why somebody who's driving their car should have to pay for people who use transit. You also have things like the California um, train to nowhere that probably many of you are 
aware of. It's a $70 billion project. Very few people are going to ride this train. And there's no way California would have ever paid for it if the people who in California had to pay for it themselves. But they said, yeah, let's build this because we're going to get money from other states. There's one other bugaboo out there that needs to be addressed. And that is, if we were to repeal something called the Davis-Bacon Act, which is a law that requires uh, kind of a super minimum wage that's paid on roads projects, it's essentially a, a, a law that benefits the unions. If we were to simply allow these projects to be competitively bid, uh, we could substantially reduce the cost of federal road building. If we simply get rid of Davis-Bacon Act, for every four bridges that we build now, we get a fifth one for free. And finally... We are moving into a new age of transportation, and that new age is going to involve things like the Google car, and it's going to involve things like um, tolling and things like that, that that are going to make, in my opinion, the gas tax um, obsolete. Stephen Moore, I'm sorry. It's not going to be a good way to to, uh, fund roads any longer. Thank you, Stephen Moore. I'm John Donvan. We'll be back with more of round one of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate in just a moment. A reminder of what's going on. We are halfway through the opening round of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate where our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. I'm John Donvan. We have four debaters, two teams of two, arguing for and against. You have heard the first two opening statements and now on to the third. Debating for the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, I'd like to welcome Allison Black, Senior Vice President and Chief Economist for the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Black. So raising the federal gas tax means increasing investment to repair and reconstruct the highways and bridges that are the backbone of our economy. It also means increasing investment in transit, which provides mobility choices to millions of Americans every day and also gets cars off of our congested roadways. It also means raising uh, or increasing employment and economic output in every state, as well as, most importantly, we're also talking about saving lives. Uh, roadway conditions are a factor in about a third of all highway fatalities in this country. And when we make investments to improve our roads, roads and bridges, we significantly can help reduce that number. And when we're talking about investing in our federal highway system, these are the roads and bridges that are key to our national economy. We're not talking about filling a pothole in your neighborhood street. This is investment that has to go towards our interstate highway system, our national highway system, the roads that connect our airports, uh, our ports, and those highways that make just-in-time delivery possible. Over half of all the seaborne cargo in the United States comes through two ports, the port of Los Angeles and the port of Long Beach. Now, about 23% of those goods are going to stay in Southern California, but the rest of them are shipped to every state in the country. And in this country, over 70% of our freight is shipped by truck. So that national system is absolutely essential to getting goods and services across our country into the economy that we have. The federal program is extremely important as well because it ensures that states are making investments in that national system. 25% of the roads in this country are eligible for federal aid for the program that we're talking about that's supported by the federal gas tax. But those roads carry 85% of our total traffic. 
And in terms of how states are spending their money, the Government Accountability Office did a study last year where they looked at state program spending of their federal dollars. 90% of the money was going towards capital outlays and safety improvements. And capital outlays are construction, right-of-way, and engineering. So states are making significant investments, and they get to choose which projects where their money is going. When you look at state spending on all of those capital outlays I mentioned, federal money accounts for, on average, 52% of that spending. The federal aid program is absolutely crucial to what is actually getting designed, what is getting built, and all those right-of-way purchases to make those roads and those widening projects happen. And I would also add that people really value their mobility in this country. We did some polling last year, and we found that 75 to 80 percent of Americans told us that they value their mobility and their transportation system as much as their cell phone, their internet, their electricity, things that we use every day and that we just can't imagine living without. But there's a disconnect for folks understanding exactly what they pay for it. And For that reason and many others, as we've described, we urge you to support raising the gas tax so we can make those needed investments to help support our economy. Thank you, Alison Black. The motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And here, our final debater in this opening round, speaking against the motion, Adrian Moore. He is vice president of policy at the Reason Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, Adrian Moore. Well, I, too, thank all of you for coming out. I um, really appreciate it. Uh, i got to start with uh, Jalen's quote. Um, I am often asked in these interviews to say, well, what does the other side say? And that quote was exactly where they said, what does the other side say? I say, they say you either raise taxes or you let the roads go to hell. So it was a, actually a quote from me, but I have never advocated that position. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, look. The one thing we all agree on is that this infrastructure is crucial. The debate here is, is the best way to fund the transportation we need in the future to just simply tax people for more money to go into the existing system, or is it to figure out if we're making the best use of the money? And really what Steve and I are arguing is that we think there's a lot that can be done with the money that's already being taxed before we have to raise those taxes. And I think it's also important to realize how much our priority for transportation has changed. If you look at state budgets from the 1960s, you will see not only were they collecting gas taxes, but large chunks in every state of general fund revenues went to transportation. About 25 years ago, states basically eliminated most of their general fund spending on transportation and started relying more and more on the federal government to give them the money for their local and state projects rather than funding it themselves, which is more of a problem today because so much of what we need now that the interstate system is largely built out uh, is new projects that are primarily state and local in nature. They may carry some interstate traffic, but on every interstate in America, most of the traffic is local. Most of the benefits of any new project are local, so why shouldn't the... uh, funding of those projects being be at least predominantly local, if not entirely local, for a great many of these projects. There's a lot of ways to get more bang for the buck. But just across the board, if you look at how much it costs each of the 50 states to maintain and build roads, there is a huge spread. 
where you've got the least efficient states are spending orders four, five, six times as much as the most efficient states. And the least efficient states are not trying to figure out what they're doing wrong. <laughs> and they're not, they just want more money. And I publish a report every year that makes that comparison. And I ask the bottom 10 states, are you going to try to move into the top 10? And they just say, no, your report's bogus because you can't compare states. Uh, so, you know, on it goes. There are many ways, uh, though, to get more bang for the buck. We see in Europe and Asia wide use of tolling and public-private partnerships to sort of backfill the user pays principle that the gas tax uh, serves so well for so long. And finally, I think, you know, there's, there, there are real fairness issues. You know, a Prius uses exactly the same amount of road to do a 25-mile-a-day commute as a Lincoln Town Car does. But a Lincoln Town Car is paying many multiples more in gas tax than that Prius is, but not getting any more benefit from it. And Steve mentioned the, the disparate problem of transit spending. I can't break that all down, but let's just say that the bottom, uh, the 20% the poorest population in the U.S. is much more, m- many more of them get to work by bumming a ride from a friend who has a car than by riding transit. People in New York don't realize what an aberration New York is in terms of public transit and at to that, the rest of the country. At that, Adrian Moore, I'm afraid I have to stop <laughs> you. you. You're out of time. Thank you, Adrian Moore. Our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Now we move on to round two. Round two are where the debaters address one another directly and take questions from me and from you, our live audience here at the Kaufman Music Center in New York. Our motion is this, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. The team arguing for the motion, Shailen Bott and Allison Black, have made the case that transportation in this country is a public good, that the massive interstate highway system is absolutely the lifeblood of our economy and that if left to rot, the harm would come to everyone. They say that the solution to this problem cannot be left to the states, that they cannot do it on their own, and that, by the way, the states are already doing more with less, which is the hand that they are dealt. The team arguing against the motion, the two Moores, Stephen Moore and Adrian Moore, they concede that the roads are critical to our economy. They concede that the roads are not in very good shape. But they, they say the problem needs to be solved locally, that infrastructure is primarily a local issue, that the interstate highway system is largely built. Basically, they say that the gas tax is a tax that does not provide bang for the buck, that it's rife with inefficiencies, naming, for example, the fact that um, there's a huge spread from state to state in what it costs to actually build and maintain roads. That's indication of inefficiency. They say there are other solutions like toll booths and doing something about the unions. We have a little bit of a philosophical argument. We also have some, some economic arguments that are made and some nuts and bolts arguments. But I want to go to the philosophical argument first, which is this, this matter of whether the highways in Seattle should be paid for by people who live in Florida and vice versa. You're arguing no by by saying that the local people, the main users of these roads should be the ones who pay for them and that the nation shouldn't be paying for the roads in Seattle. People in Seattle should be paying for them. I want to ask you this. Why why are the roads different from defense where there's a common good in that sense? Why why break Seattle off from Florida? Why Why is it a different problem from that of defense, for example? Let's take Stephen Moore. Well, you know, def- I don't. I don't actually see the similarity. I mean, def- there's look. There's no. I don't think there's any argument among any of us that if you're talking about the interstate highway system that connects us all, 
that should be paid for, for with federal dollars because it is a national project. What we're talking about is most of the money that's now collected in the federal gasoline tax, which is why it should be largely repealed and, and turned back to the states and let them um, raise their taxes because most of the money is for local roads. And those roads, as, as Adrian said, the, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the users are local. So the people who use it should pay for it. And the bridge to nowhere in Alaska, I, I work for the Stephen, Wall Stephen, be, be, before you go on to that point, and I will come back to it, and I will let you make it. I want to stay on, this, on, on actually the point of, of why f- Florida's roads should not be Oregon's responsibility and vice versa. Your opponents are saying because of who uses them. Um, which of you would like to take that? So I'll just start really quickly. I think Shailen your Bott. defense analogy is a great one. And that's why Adam Smith and the Wealth of Nations said that there are certain public goods for which individuals cannot pay uh, and, and, and in self-interest would not pay a lot more. And so I agree from a self-interest standpoint, Seattle could say, well, we can raise a lot of money ourselves, or Utah can say, we're going to raise a lot of money ourselves, and that would lead to a balkanization of transportation. You would get states that are haves and, and, and haves nots. I think the other I think the other analogy here is the Northeast Corridor. There's fifty billion dollars of deferred maintenance because nobody wants to pay for it along the Northeast Corridor. Of course, locals don't want to pay for things necessarily that benefit the nation, but there are national interests, an interstate system, a Northeast Corridor, and defense, like you mentioned, that I think raise to that level. That's, that's, well, let me, let's get a response. The, the, the from, fact uh, that, that the states Moore. won't step up to pay for something doesn't mean that it has to be paid for. If they don't see the value. They don't see the value. If they see the value, they'll, they'll fund it. I mean, that's sort of the problem. If, if they're not funding projects where the value is obvious, that's the problem, not the fact that there's federal funding. I submit the opposite. I think you, as director of Calif- Colorado, Colorado DOT, would be much better off if the federal government was giving you from the federal gas tax a, f- a, a block amount allocation out of that for you to maintain these interstates that are in your state and the rest of the system was you, you controlled the revenue and you controlled the project selection. You didn't have all the federal strings attached and all that. You'd be much better off. All the states. So, well, so Governor, states so Governor Brownback, it, maybe, Governor, Governor Brownback in Kansas, our neighbor, is out there cutting taxes left, right, and center. Even Republicans in Kansas don't like all the tax cuts that are there. And if they chose to end the interstate funding, right, turn it over to the state, Kansas would say, we're not going to fund this anymore. The goods in Colorado, the people in Colorado would not be served from a national interest of having that interstate get to the neighboring state, and it just ends because the locals there decided, you know what, I don't people want to People in Kansas it. would I, suffer I, 9 to 1 make a really to the people in other states. Allison wouldn't Buck. stand. Yeah, Allison I want to clear up what I think might be a misconception as well. States choose where they spend their money, and they are getting back funds that are in proportion to what the users in that state are contributing. The federal government is not saying you have to do this project or that project. The state makes that decision. The money is contributed by the users in that state. Well, let me give you an example of why you don't want that. That's exactly the problem, because the federal government... First of all, why in New York, why do you want to pay federal gasoline tax, send the money to Washington, D.C., where we have a vast bureaucracy of 10,000 people work at the U.S. Department of Transportation. We don't need virtually any of those people. Why wouldn't you rather just send it to here to Albany, right? And, and basically, you know, it's just basically, you send your money to Washington, D.C., you send a dollar to us, we keep 20 cents out of the dollar, and we send 80 cents back to you. I mean, why would you want to do that? That makes no sense. Why wouldn't you want to keep the full dollar for yourselves? Yeah, I, this money is going towards the 25% of roads in this country that are vital to the economic health 
of what we're doing. It's not just the interstate that's important. That's 40,000 miles. But there are other roads that are connecting our airports, our ports, major cities. And the federal aid program provides an economic incentive that states make sure they are dressing those roads that have a spillover network effect because our economy does not stop at the border. And the longer that goods are sitting in trucks on highways in congestion, the more it's going to cost when you go to buy that. And it's just an okay. economic drag. Are we seeing the coherence of that point? I want to put it to, these, to, well, to this team if, to respond to that point, that in you, fact, in fact there is to, a shared interest. If yeah. you're assuming that Congress is enlightened and all-wise, and they will always see the national interest, and they will distribute the money in the way that will maximize our economy, first of all, you clearly come from Colorado, and you've been smoking too much. Second, uh, you're we like to not make personal attacks. <laughs> Low blow. Um, look, every road that connects across states has something to do with the economy. Between something to do, but most, if you count the cars going on that road, the vast majority are Joe Blow going to the store, not goods moving through the national economy. So they okay, by should the way, be paying for that. Room. Sorry, so let's bring in Shailen, Shailen Bat. So a, a lot of things here. I mean, it, if, <laughs> if, you know, if you go on Fox News or Al Jazeera, wherever you go, it's, it's very easy to play to that audience and think, raise things like the bridge to nowhere. The reality is the mass majority of these projects get delivered on time and on budget. And Joe Blow, when he goes to the store, if the good he's going to buy is sitting in traffic at the port of Long Beach or sitting in traffic or is, is, is not getting there, he's going to pay more for it. And that's why it costs money. You seem to say that the federal government is unenlightened, right? Like all these terrible politicians in, they in, are in terrible. Congress. <laughs> but, <laughs> they are terrible. Right. Yeah. But look, here's and, the thing. They don't I would agree they can't raise the federal gas tax, but they you're implying wait, wait, some guys, of the decisions. You're implying. Hold it, hold it. Wait, I'm going to moderate now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to finish, and then we're going to go to... So, so Adrian, you, I, I would agree that there's a lot of challenges in Congress, but implying that somehow that state and local elected officials do not suffer from some of these similar challenges and are somehow more enlightened is just not true. Adrian Moore. And, and so is the opposite. I'm just arguing that the opposite is also true. To assume that all the states, that we'd have states all over the country making disastrous transportation decisions if the enlightened federal government wasn't doing it for them is just not true. The ones who make bad decisions will quickly reap the economic consequences and change their ways. That's what will happen. All right. I want to move on to a different part of the argument that more fair, more equitable, and more efficient than a gasoline tax would be a toll booth, toll roads. The people who drive on the roads pay for what they use with dollars with cash. Uh, So this takes care of the problem that some people are driving Priuses and electric cars who are never buying gas, and it much more efficiently matches the user with uh, the user's pocketbook. What's your response to that, and why is that not a great solution? It's a great solution. It's unpopular, just like raising the gas tax. So so in Colorado, we're deploying these managed lanes, toll lanes, you know, public-private partnerships. It makes a lot of sense. But the public perception on these toll roads is that we're selling away a public asset so that some banker in a suit is now going to skim money off of it. And there's huge public resistance to it. And so I think that, you know, the mileage-based user fee, tolling, I think all of these are in agreement that we need to provide more funding. The, the problem with the gas tax is just incredibly efficient, and it hasn't been raised in 20 years, and we should just raise it 10 cents the same way it would be if it had been indexed to inflation. Well, first Stephen of all... Moore. 75% of Americans are against raising the federal gasoline tax. Three out of four Americans. So you've got a, you've got a pretty big 
you know, job of persuading the American people. And I think it's because of the reason that Adrian said, that people don't think the money's being spent very wisely. Now, I agree with you. I think tolling is a really efficient way, and, and I think it's probably the way of the future for all the reasons, you know, we've talked about earlier. For example, that you're going to have more and more fuel-efficient cars, so gas taxes aren't going to be a very good way of getting the money. Um, but you're also right that there's a huge opposition to tolls, too. And I think the reason for that is people feel they're paying for it twice, that they have to pay a federal gasoline tax, and then they have to pay a toll on top of it. So if we reduce the federal gasoline tax, right, and people paid a toll, I don't think you'd see quite the same opposition. I'm John Donvan. Still to come, questions from the audience and the results of tonight's debate on Intelligence Squared U.S. I want to remind you that we are in the question and answer section of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate. I'm John Donvan, your moderator. We have four debaters, two teams of two, debating this motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. So I'll come right down front here, second row. Uh, hi. We've had... Can you tell sorry, us? My name is Washimo Anjoey, uh, and I, my question is, we've had a lot of questions, a lot of debate about us hanging together as a country, state by state, uh, that we've addressed really directly. I'm curious, uh, there seems to be some idea of us hanging together as well by class, uh, whether tolls are fair. Is there an element to this that describes whether we as a country are going to go together as we build our infrastructure? Let me take that question first to this side, Shailen Bhatt. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a great question, and I think that is the purpose of a federal system uh, you know, the tolls in the New York City area, I think, are like $14, $15 uh, to go over the bridges now, right? Like, that's, that's, that's pretty expensive. You want to have somebody, you know, taking a look at that to make sure that that, that is equitable. But I think most importantly, if you, get, if you left this theater tonight and wanted to drive to Seattle, you would drive across an interstate system that is completely uniform. The exits are all marked the same. The signs are all the same. And that is the product of a federal system. And as we move into the technology world that we are embracing and that we are moving into, you want to make sure that if your cars... Are, are, are on operating under technology, that that technology talks to you in New York, talks to you in New Jersey, talks to you in Virginia, that there is a federal system here. And on the fairness issue, uh, you know, this has to be paid for. I think that it's not popular. Gas taxes aren't popular. Tolls aren't popular. These roads have to be paid for. Adrian Moore. Yeah, I think the, the integrative role of the federal government is something we all agree on. It's, it's whether the funding is most efficiently done through the federal government that that we disagree on. In terms of equity, I mean, that is a great question because the gas tax is a quite regressive tax. Um, and, and it's tricky and, and to, to figure tolls out. And would, tolls would have the same problem. And, yeah, so you, any user fee that's directly charging for the, the use of the road uh, is somewhat regressive. Charging by the gallon is increasingly regressive because, not surprisingly, the poor have less fuel-efficient vehicles than the wealthy. So studies like by Rand Corporation that look at the regressivity of the different ways of paying are showing that it's getting more regressive as we go forward. So we do need to replace the gas tax with something that's much more fair and less regressive. I want to do another round on that question, because what about yeah. the fact that the tax is regressive? They just made a very compelling case Well, for I think that. it also gets to the point of what is the outcome of this investment and how that is going to help people of lower income in the middle class as well. And even talking to you, you mentioned the people I represent. Those are great paying construction jobs that are supported by this investment. Those people spend their money throughout the economy. 
That ripple effect is 4 million jobs. So you're saying, yes, it's regressive, but it has a payoff farther down the road. Well, absolutely. And I think the other thing, too, is that there was a study by Harvard that came out this past year that was very well done where they said that access to transportation was the single most factor that could impact a family's ability to get out of poverty. So a couple of things. I think it's interesting. We're talking about regressivity and the impact of tolls and gas taxes on poor drivers, and yet we want to cut transit, which is disproportionately used by folks who can't afford cars, right? (laughs) Stephen Moore. I mean, look, this is New York City, and people do, you know, half the people in this room or more use transit all the time here, and this is a congested city, and transit probably makes sense here, but most places it makes little sense. Seattle, look, Minneapolis, look, look, Denver look, could look, not look, live without their no, transit. Jalen, let him talk. on this. I mean, in a lot of cities, it would be cheaper to buy a chauffeured limousine service for poor people to get them to where they're going than to build these transit systems. They're so, they're four times, they're, they're billions of dollars. More people walk to work than use transit, so maybe we should subsidize their sneakers. I'd like to go to another question. Right? Hi, I'm Katie. Um, as a young person living in a city, I would like to hear more about how you think increasing the gas tax would improve the environment, which is something I really wanted to hear more about. I think it's relevant. I mean, let's, let's do a little bit on it because it's, we haven't touched on it. Which I would like at first... Uh, Shailen so, so, you know, people sometimes oppose widening projects, right? We have a major project that we're widening in, in Colorado right now. Thank you. Uh, did you were on the same flight? Um, but, uh, you know, look, when you have gridlock, right? Like I sat in traffic, a lot of traffic last night when I flew in at 11 o'clock, and all of those cars are spewing out, you know? So having congested roadways does not help the environment. I think that if you think make things more expensive, people will do less of them. But I, I want to go back to this transit example. No, no, I, no, no. I oh, want these guys sorry. to respond to the question. I will obey well, your rules. Stephen Moore. You know, look, you know, we've had this whole discussion. I think we all agree cars are a good thing. Roads are a good thing. I think all four of us agree on that. But there's a war against the car in this country. There's a war going on at the EPA against that wants to get people out of their cars, which is the most liberating invention that was ever made, and force people to take transit and other things. The cool thing about this age we're living in right now. We're having a debate about how people used to transport themselves 50 and 100 years ago. In five to 10 years, when we're done with this meeting, everybody's going to go on their uh, you know, uh, iPhone and they're going to call a Google car and there are going to be 100 Google cars lined up. They're going to take you wherever you want. They're all going to be synchronized. All these problems with congestion can go away. Why are we, we're, we're, we're still so Stephen, building Stephen, systems. So, Stephen, to the questioner's so, question so, about whether yeah. the gas tax in- encourages more conservation. It, yeah, sure. If you tax something, you get less of it. But, but what I'm okay. saying is, you know, we, we, people are using less gasoline right now. I mean, there's a scale effect. But, but I the want gas tax yeah, is a very small effect. The gas effect. price has a huge effect. It's not so a big that's deal. what's driving more yeah, efficiency and less effect. emissions. Okay, I want to move on to something that we call the volley round. It's a two-minute round in which each debater gets 30 seconds to answer a very specific question. It goes from one side to the other. They can only talk for 30 seconds, and they are silenced by this bell when the bell comes. And I want to clarify, um, Stephen Moore, did you in your opening statement propose a five-cent cut in the gas tax or a cut in the gas tax down to five cents? I said we could we could fund the federal interstate highway system and, and still cut five cents a gallon of the gas tax at the federal level and then let states okay. raise the digital. So here's what I want to do with this thirty seconds. I want to I want to put before the debaters your proposal that the system can be sustained even with a five cent cut in the federal gas tax, why that's true and why that's a good thing. Your thirty seconds starts now. 
So basically what would happen is everyone in this room who lives in, most of you live in New York, instead of sending five cents a gallon to the federal government, now you'd be able to keep that money, right? It wouldn't go to Washington. It wouldn't support 10,000 people who work in the U.S. Department of Transportation. And you can then decide here locally, you know, Albany can raise their gas tax to pay for your roads. And I'm making the case that would be a much, much more efficient system than we have right now. And you get more roads, you get a lot more bang for your buck. And Washington, D.C. would be the big loser in that. And that's a good thing. Adrian Bott. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shailen Bott. <laughs> Shailen uh, Bott. What am I, I? You're responding to that point. Uh, th- I have a billion dollar a year shortfall in Colorado. One billion dollars a year. So if you cut my federal program by five cents, which would be about uh, uh, 40%, I would have a $1.2 billion a year shortfall no, I'm saying you're going to raise your gas tax. Yeah, you can't and, talk. I mean... Okay. And so, so to me, and these are important projects that save lives, that save lives, reduce congestion, and save Americans money. So let's do the right thing. Let's raise the gas tax by 10%. A five-cent cut uh, is, is ludicrous. Adrian Moore. Uh, I haven't crunched the numbers on the five-cent reduction, but we have crunched the numbers on if the, if the federal government simply confined its current 18.5 cents gas tax to funding the maintenance and improvement of the interstate system, what would the states have to do? On average, most states would have to increase their state gas tax by 2 to $0.05 cents per gallon to make up that, that funding for the projects that are predominantly state and local in nature. And that seems pretty reasonable. Alison Black. It is not enough an investment, and we are way behind. Bob Poole at the Reason Foundation did a report last year looking at just the needs to fully fund the interstate system and make the repairs that we need. Just the interstate. It was about $1 trillion. Not billion, $1 trillion. That is the work that is needed on the interstate system alone. And that concludes our volley round. And that concludes round two of this Intelligence Squared U.S. debate, where our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Now we move on to round three. Round three, closing statements by each debater in turn. And here making his closing statement in support of the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, Shailen Bott, Executive Director for the Colorado Department of Transportation. So I I appreciate everyone listening tonight, and I'm going to close with uh, a a call to raise our gas tax by 10 cents. And I think there's a lot of agreement, you know, between us on things that we can do. And I'm saying that in my experience in running two of these state DOTs, we've done a lot of these things, and there is still a shortfall. And I want to close with a story. So in 1988, my dad took us back to India. Uh, I was born in Canada. My dad decided to take us to India. He, He took us for a lot of reasons, but I think he wanted to impress upon us how lucky we were to grow up in the first world. And uh, it, going to the airport, it was like this single-story structure with bars in the window instead of glass and bouncing around on these roadways around the state of Gujarat that were two lanes and were likely the relics of the, the British colonization, right? And uh, it wasn't a pretty sight in 1988. I went back representing the Federal Highway Administration in 2010, and that single-story airport was this modern, gleaming glass and steel structure, which is probably the nicest airport I've ever been in in the entire world. And those two-lane roads, they've been replaced by four-lane roads that are carrying goods and services. India, China, Brazil, the EU, they're all making significant investments in their transportation system, not because they want to compare to us, but because they want to compete with us. And there are, there's a global war for jobs right now, and our transportation system in the 20th century provided a backbone for 
this country's economy. We inherited that system. We have not invested in that system, and that system is failing. We owe it to the children that are here tonight to turn over to them a system that will allow them to compete in the 21st century, and that is why we should follow the words of Ronald Reagan. We should follow the words of Adrian Moore. We should follow the words of our side and call for a 10-cent increase in the gas tax. Please join us in this. Thank you. Thank you, Shailen Bhatt. And the motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And here making his closing statement against the motion, Adrian Moore, Vice President of Policy at the Reason Foundation. Thank you all. Um, So the question really is, is the best thing to do in the face of uh, more infrastructure needs to tax everybody more and continue to do things the way they've always been done? Or is the best way to figure out how can we do better at providing this infrastructure with the money that we're already collecting. You know, we're getting more for our phone purchase, more for our computer purchase, more for our home purchase, more for everything we buy. We should be getting more for, from our transportation system too. So we don't need to raise the federal gas tax to get more. We need to focus on getting more bang for the buck, so to speak. That's why you we're know, the Morsh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> do, uh, you know, do I submit that most, peop- most, most of you don't have any idea how much you pay per year in gas tax. Most people in America don't. We've done a lot of survey and man-on-the-street kind of interviews. The, the people's beliefs about what they pay in gas tax varies widely. People don't know. They don't know where the money goes. They don't have a lot of trust in the system. We should be focusing on uh, getting that understanding, getting that transparency, getting that willingness to invest in the system before we take the money. Um, And finally, should we be doubling down on a system that was invented before World War II when technology is changing so fast? Should we increase funding in a system that is so ancient and rapidly becoming obsolete, or should we focus those energies instead on figuring out how do we fund the future transportation with a future transportation funding mechanism, not just throwing more money into the same old system? Thank you. Adrian Moore. Our motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, and here making her closing statement in support of the motion, Allison Black, Chief Economist for the American Road and Transportation Builders Association. The challenge is that as users of the system, we are going to pay for it one way or another. And what struck me, last year I did a report on New Jersey, and you know, I work with a lot of numbers, and I was trying to quantify in some way, you know, New Jersey's average commute time is 10 minutes higher than the national average. And that really got me to thinking, because I've been with ARPA for 15 years, and during that time, my commute has gone up easily by 10 minutes each way. And when I added that up, that is 40 hours a year. And as I said, I work with a lot of numbers, but that really struck me. I have four young kids at home. I would gladly pay 25 cents a day, which is the cost of raising the federal gas tax by 15 cents to the average driver. We are talking about a quarter a day. I would gladly pay that and much more if it meant that I had to spend less time commuting in traffic and more time with my family or doing whatever I would choose to do. And I think when you ask most Americans if they would make that choice, not to raise their tax, but to increase their investment in this network that is so important to our national economy and so important to future generations that most people and would be willing to do that. Thank you, Alison Black. The motion is raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. 
And here making his closing statement against the motion, Stephen Moore, Distinguished Visiting Fellow for the Heritage Foundation's Project for Economic Growth. Four months ago, I testified before the Senate Finance Committee on this very subject of should we raise the federal gasoline tax. There were probably 200 people in the room. The road builders were there. The assembly engineers were there. The unions were there. All of the groups that basically get this money that, that you know wanted it because this is what enriches their coffers. And what was interesting about that was none of these groups talked any, not one iota, and in fact, I'd say this about, about our opponents on this. Have they mentioned one way that we could be more efficient in the way that we spend our dollars? No. I mean, it's all, basically the line of all the groups that, want, that were for more gas taxes, give us more money, more money, more money, more money. No way, no talk about how to make it more efficient, how to more, make it more effective. We just want to spend more and tax more. And I would submit to you that approach in every area in Washington is what has created uh, you know, a bloated federal system that's borrowing nearly a trillion dollars a year and bankrupting our country. As, as far as this point about reducing congestion, Allison, I, too, face a long commute. I live in Washington, D.C., as you do. If I believed, if I sincerely believed that raising the gas tax by 5 or 10 cents a gallon was going to reduce congestion in Washington, D.C., I'd come over there and hug you, and I would say, hell yes, I'm going to pay that money. But I have no faith whatsoever that this money that we're going to raise in the federal gasoline tax is going to reduce congestion because it just hasn't done it before. We're not very efficient in spending it. And the final point I'll make is I made this point before. We can get an extra bridge, we can get an extra road built for every four we, we build by just getting rid of the Davis-Bacon Act. So we get rid of that, we have less congestion, we have a better transportation infrastructure system. Let's start by doing that. Thank you, Stephen Moore. And that concludes closing statements. So the results are in now. Once again, the motion is this, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. And again, the way our debates work is that the team whose numbers have moved the most between the first and the second vote will be declared our winner. So let's look at the first vote. On the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. Before the debate, polling the live audience in here in New York, 51% agreed with the motion, 10% were against, and 38% were undecided. Those are the first results. Let's look at the second results. The team arguing for the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure. First vote, 51%. Second vote, 66%. They picked up 15 percentage points. That is the number to beat. Let's see the team against the motion. Their first vote was 10%. Second vote was 23%. They pulled up 13 percentage points. Not quite enough. The team arguing for the motion, raise the federal gas tax to fund infrastructure, declared our winner. Our congratulations to them. Thank you for me, John Donvan, and Intelligence Squared U.S. We'll see you next time. This Intelligence Squared U.S. debate was held in front of a live audience at the Kaufman Center in New York City. Dana Wolf is our executive producer. Robert Rosencrantz is chairman. Taylor Quimby and Rob Christensen are the radio producers. Damon Whittemore is the audio engineer. Clea Chang is chief marketing and digital officer. Chris Kamakawa is Director of Research, and I'm your host, John Donvan. For more information or to purchase tickets to future events, visit iq2us.org. These debates are made possible by generous contributions from listeners like you and with support from the Connor Davis Family Foundation, Van Greenfield, Thomas Campbell Jackson, Christopher W. Johnson Charitable Trust, Ilona Nemeth, and Alan Quasha. 
George L. Orstrom Jr. Foundation, Jerry Orstrom, Dr. Kelly Posner Gerstenhaber, Profit Capital Asset Management, the Rosencrantz Foundation, the Mortimer D. Sackler Foundation, and Daniel H. Stern. From Intelligence Squared U.S., thank you.